Please listen carefully. I don't have those chaos demons in my life. Bless for you. <laughs> the problem too is like it's the I will say it's the mix of chaos demon and the mix of like living a little bit like a worm. Where you're just like not, and I feel like in general, mm. nobody is just prepared for a spontaneous visitor. But in particular, I'm not prepared for a spontaneous visitor, but this is not how I enjoy people to view me, okay? This is not how I want to go out in the world. I don't need to put a ton of effort in, but the tiniest amount. I would like to double check that like, I don't smell. Like, can we please give me enough notice to do- to like hop in the shower for five minutes? <laughs> What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister, the Broke and Jobless Podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today's episode is our spiritual successor to our wet, hot, erotic summer episode. That's right. It's summer once again. Canada is quite literally on fire. You're going outside. The weather is shit. It smells like smoke. No one has any idea what's going on. But here's what's one thing that's going to happen. You're definitely going to end up by some kind of body of water and you're definitely going to be reading some books. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about some of our summer reads, shit that we've already read that we recommend reading in the summer, maybe some stuff that hasn't come out yet that we're looking forward to for the summer. Very loosey-goosey, a wet, hot, erotic summer. You always kind of just got to go where the moment takes you. You know, you're by a pool, you're floating inside of a lake, you're going to get wet. It's really about how that's going to happen. Uh, so we'll just chat through that uh, today, I think. Yeah, sound good? Yeah. And I say we we are doing this about a month in advance of when we go on our weekly podcast. Um, at this point, it's almost like a conference because we are a business with exclusively three employees. Team building. And we go on a week long. Exactly. We, we, team building. We empty our minds and we think about absolutely nothing. And then we, uh, both Christina and I make Steph dive into the pool a bajillion times. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that because neither me nor Nat enjoy diving, but Steph does, and we just like being splashed by the dive. <laughs> I I'm just like, that's right. You guys don't jump into <laughs> I did it's it me. I, and I, I did right it now, once and I hated it. You did I don't like it at all because I hate when water gets in my nose. You can plug your so nose. Like, oh, I, oh I diving, you can't do that. I know. You can't do that with Yeah, but dive. I'm just like not a fan. So I simply don't do it. But knowing someone that does makes so much better. Because I love being I'm lying on a floaty. I got my waterproof yeah. reader in my hand. You jump in, we get the wave, we get the splash. I'm like, this is what summer's about. <laughs> being splashed by staff. <laughs> Especially we were at we were at one place once where it wasn't a diving board, it was just like a rock. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Have, that was a saltwater. That, pool. I think that was Yeah, I think that was the year we were like, get on the rock, get on the rock. I mean, I I love a I love to dive. I like a back dive, cannonball. That's my that's what I did in the summers as a child. Instead of going on fan fiction websites, <laughs> I was diving into pools. <laughs> diving into pools. I was literally thinking like, oh, my summers never really were very like, I, there was never a body of water to go to. So they were 100% spent indoors reading fan fiction. There was, there's a photo of me and I'm so tanned. So tanned that I'm like almost like I look orange because I think that's where my skin went to. I'll show you guys a photo, but I, I would spend my this. summers outside s- swimming at the pool. <laughs> I used to go to a lot of pools in the summer, too, to be honest, but not, like, a ton of, like, I think, like, the only public pools I used to go to were, like, all women pools for some reason when I was, like, 
abroad because they have a lot of them Uh. um but then like my like major pool months were in like the coldest months of the year for some reason because that's indoor pools at like community centers yeah because that's when we would get our lessons and stuff like that but that's also when we'd have our free swimming period stuff and i fucking loved it because i love swimming but um yeah it was so fucking cold like i couldn't stay i mean like because i was like oh well i need like time to dry my hair otherwise my hair will freeze when i'm outside yeah i think that was largely it too like i think back of childhood for me it's like my mother like i was a single mother and she worked so it was like if you're going somewhere you're going to be driven there in the morning and picked Mm -hmm. up in the afternoon yeah so it's not like you were getting dropped off at the community center for that long. And also, even as a child, I fucking loved being alone. And I loved summers Fair because enough. at a certain age, I got to be alone in the house. Yeah. And that was like the dream. But literally, all I ever used to do was read fan fiction and just bask in being alone. <laughs> and that's not different for me as an adult. <laughs> oh, my God. As a kid, I used to live by a beach. <laughs> I forgot about that. When I was in Kelowna, I used to live, like, I would, we would walk to the beach and it was like a 10 minute walk away. And I used to call it Apple Beach because they had a snack bar that Mm. was shaped like a giant apple. And I think it still exists. We love that. We love a snack bar shaped like an apple. Have you ever been on those water bikes or whatever? Like, they're bikes that you can can ride on the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obsessed with them, but my parents would never let me rent one because they were like, it's A, too dangerous, and B, like, none of us want to do it. Don't want to join you in this. The only story, there's like a very small handful of stories of me as a child that my parents remember. Let's be honest, they're just old and have shit memories. But like this one has been told since I was a young baby. And I have no memory of this because, so my parents still together, I would have been like four years old max. And we were on a vacation with another family in Cuba. And it was me, like my brother, kids from the other family, and all of us were hanging out together. And I remember at at some point, the way that I've been told the story was that like, there were those boats that you could rent that you could go off of that were just like, I guess, kind of like kayaks or a canoe kind of thing. And someone was like, oh, we'll go on it. But everybody was taking too long and no one was doing it. And according to my parents, my brother was supposed to be looking after me, but clearly he wasn't because at one point I just disappeared and everyone started freaking out being like, uh, we're on a beach in a random country next, literally on the ocean. <laughs> Where is Christina? And they were freaking out looking for me for like 20, 30 minutes. And at one point I just came back like a four year old version of me pulling one of the boats along that I had just seen somewhere and was pulling with me being like, we're doing this. You said we could do it. Let's go. And then apparently I got yelled at and wasn't allowed to go back outside for a couple more days of the trip. Wow. Not to delve into another story, but this is a story I told my cousins. I swear I would never tell anybody ever. And so it's been like this like big oh, secret. <laughs> um, so when I was visiting them once, when they still lived in Pennsylvania, um, we they had like I think there's like some bodies of water there or whatever, but they had like this like river that ran into a lake or whatever, and that was the closest thing to like a body of water. And they had boat rentals there, obviously. And so like I guess like my cousin had been put in charge of us, and I wasn't that much younger. I was only three years younger than her, but she was like, "Yeah, we could probably do the thing that you want to do." And obviously, again, I was like, "Let's rent a boat." <laughs> Like, I was need like, to be on that body of water. I was like, I need to be in that body of water right now. And she's like, she's what like, do you know? It's an option. You want to be on 100%, it. 100%. And it's a boring little town. And I was like, this is something we haven't done before. As like, and like, I was like, I wasn't even actually that young. Like, I would have been like probably 18, maybe actually maybe a little bit younger, maybe 17. 
Anyway, so she's like, okay, we'll rent a boat. But she's like, I don't know how to drive a boat. So it's going to be like the paddle boats, obviously, because you can't without like a boater's license. And it's like, she was able to rent it for like, I think we had like an hour in it or whatever. <laughs> Immediately things go wrong. <laughs> we course. We start paddling. It's me, her brother, her. I don't know if my sister was in there, but we're all like younger and she's the oldest one. And so like that's concerning already. Our parents are expecting us obviously back after like two hours or something. We start paddling and we immediately keep getting stuck. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And so, like, we're like, oh, I don't know. We're, like, in, like, a shallow end or whatever. So we're using, like, the paddle to try to, like, shove ourselves out of it. And then the paddle gets stuck. And then we're like, fuck. And then at some point, my other cousin had to get out and push us. But then at that point, we had gotten so tangled in seaweed or something or, like, something. So we were just basically stuck the whole time. We couldn't move. We didn't know how to paddle back without getting out into the water. And this became, like, a whole thing. We were there, we didn't realize, for two and a half hours we were stuck out there. And so not only did our parents freak out, our parents called their fucking lifeguard person or whatever, and then also the (laughs) boat rental company, and they came with their goddamn boat, (laughs) and they had to, like, hook it up. And we're like, you shouldn't have been doing this in the shallow end. Like, why why did you guys go this way? You were supposed to go the other way. Didn't matter. We basically had to get on their boat instead. And it was like this like really hot guy too. And my older cousin that took us on this was so, her whole face was red. She was so embarrassed. And she's like, we can't talk about this outside. (laughs) And I think we ended up going to get ice cream or something to kind of like forget about what just happened. Even though we were standing in one spot of water for like two and a half hours. And we just couldn't figure out how to turn around this boat. And I was like, wow. I'm also just laughing at a little nugget you dropped in there of her parents called their lifeguard. Like, that's just something that you have. Like, your lifeguard on speed Not dial. Not lifeguard. I meant, like, a life, whatever the lifeguard person was. That's inf- I don't know. I honestly don't. I Like a lake version. Like a lake version of the Coast Guard. It's just, like, think, one guy. <laughs> I'm starting to think I'm younger than I thought I was in this situation. because Oh, no shit. I think, I think I was, like. It's just true in life. Yeah. I think I was, like, maybe, like, 14 instead, actually. And it just feels like it was more recent. Because it was, like, the embarrassment was so... Fr- it still feels... I mean, I wasn't as embarrassed because I wasn't the adult. Just along for the ride. <laughs> I was just... I was just along for the ride, even though I was the one that was, like, rent the boat. So it was your fault? Partially. I've been trying to find this photo of me, and I cannot find it anywhere. Well, with that being said, you know, we're 10 minutes into the episode and we haven't really... <laughs> Gotta get back on track. That. So, yeah. So, let's just say now that we're wet, um, <laughs> let's start talking about the books themselves. And, and, you know, Steph, is there anything in particular that you're like, do you recommend for summer? You're interested in reading this summer? Um, you know, we'll come back to the picture of the orange you later. Yes. Uh, although I'm obsessed that you were willing to share one and I do want to applaud you for that. My orange self? That was a nat- yeah, that that my gross. skin naturally went that way. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about <laughs> me. Um, I have a few. I will say that. First off, I'm just like, have I read any of these? Two of them I have not. And Christina, we'll talk about the one that I picked. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> oh my god! But I'll, I'll give you this little caveat. There's one book that Steph is going to mention that she briefly dropped a tidbit about before we started recording, and I went on a fucking rabbit hole, and we discovered Quite something. Quickly, so I, I will say, to- you found that quite oh, yeah, quickly. Cannot- 
can't wait till you start talking about that. Um, so let's go. We can talk about the ones you Honorable have, mention, though. Are we psychic? We talked about the Omegaverse last week, and Allie Hazelwood is releasing basically that in her new novel, oh, yeah. Bride, coming out next year, which I I'm... Saw. And I was like, I'm happy for her, because I feel like she's she really will probably excel in the chaotic chaos of, like, a book like that. So can't wait to read that. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um. So you told me that I needed to pick an erotic pick, and I don't think I've talked about either like, of these books. I, I like that the, the phrasing of that. We were, like, demanding Steph pick an erotic book and didn't bring up like oh i think we're each gonna pick something so i have a few that just came to me because i don't think i've talked about i've talked about these in real life but i haven't talked about these on the podcast before um first one preferential treatment which is a dom but the female is the dom and the sub is the man and the sub is her boss Oh. oh so he like sees her like kicking ass at work and he's like i have a proposition for you will you be my dom <laughs> and she's like do i get paid and he's like yes but the interesting dynamic of this one is that the way that she i guess has power over him and she's like i want you to donate your billions of dollars to like charities that i like and like financial fine yeah Fandom! We love oh, so it. she's living the dream. Yeah. She's getting paid, and she's then also using his extra. Oh my god! She's telling him how to spend okay, his wow. rich money. Pro- yeah, reading this. Um, the author is Heather Guare, I think. Uh, I think I'm right. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. But then the interesting dynamic of this one, which I never, I don't think I've read a dub like a dom in this situation, but like the sub. And I hate this. It was like an alpha. Like he himself was also not like a submissive person, but he liked to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was an interesting dynamic that I hadn't read before. So that one was fun. Christina, you look at me like I'm crazy. Do you? Yeah, no, I think that that's like pretty common, right? The idea of it's like an in-work setting. It's like a very dominating. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very dominating personality. But that means that outside of work, what they're actually looking for is someone to tell them what to do and to be submissive. Yeah. I would say I think that's a very common thing in real life. But he life. kept up dynamic while he's being a sub, which I thought was interesting. Okay. Oh, like his like bossiness? Yeah. But one. Oh, like I was going to say some things that I feel are maybe a bit too revealing. So I'm going to not. We'll talk about it. Okay, sure. But the the one line... I, actually, no. We had a whole... Never mind. We had an entire episode about fan fiction. He's a bratty sub. It's a very particular uh, subset. Okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe. I I read this in the winter 2022, but I think it's great for just, summer. Just so you know that there's like... Yeah, there's different lanes of both sub and dog. For sure. And then the line that I remember from this book the most is she's saying, you're going to lick your cum off the floor if you come too early. And I was like... Oh. <laughs> That to me blew my mind. I was like, <laughs> "Claps to you, author." Um, so that was one. Then I have to bring this up to the second erotic book that I also read during that time was the Frat Boy. So this is Enemies to Lovers. So they're into she. She's in a sorority. He's in a frat. For they get into a fight. They lose their housing. So logically, the next step is they join basically a porn house. So they get their free rent because they're both in university still. And then they make sex porn videos together in this house. Oh, wow. And they're falling in love. But then she's like, there's like four jokes. There's six people in that house. And then you come up with video ideas and then you're filming the video ideas. It's like a Uh, hype house, but like a porn hype. But for porn. Yeah. But then I just learned. It's an OnlyFans hype house. So this is 
The Frat Boy by Nikki Sloan. So she has this Nashville Neighbors series. There's like The Pool Boy, probably Age Dynamic, The Frat Boy. And then she has one coming out in August, which I didn't realize, called The Good Girl. And I think it's Brother's Best Friend. And she's going on an erotic experience, which can't wait for that one. And then this brings me to, okay, then there's, okay, so those are the erotic ones. Then there's one that I think is like rom-com. Do you guys, did you ever read Ally Carter? Like, um, she had a spy series when you were YA. She also had like a heist series that I don't know why those stopped. So. so she's coming out with the adult rom-com and it's about spies oh. and it's a road trip. Amnesia. And then she, I'm I almost, I'm not done. There's one more. And then it's an identical sister of a spy. But she, so she gets involved in this. So twins. So twins. Twins. Amnesia. And, and the, the person that's helping her, the spy operative man, is grumpy. And I'm like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh, no. Grumpy Literally every single trope you could hit from, like, a K-drama or, like, a oh, very sure. old soap opera. This one. I'm losing my mind that this entire book description was just a list of tropes and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think we need anything else, honestly. But I will say, so Ali Carter, I loved her spy stuff. But this is her first adult rom-com or, like, adult romance novel. But she reads a lot of romance. I'm like, I cannot wait to see what you come up with. Um, when is that out? That's out in, I think it's either early August or late July. I got two different. Storygraph told me something differently. And Goodreads told me something that it was August 8th. So who knows when that will drop. It'll be in the summer sometime. And then that brings me to the contentious one that Christina was talking about. So our our main gal, Allie Hazelwood, was pumping up that Hurricane Wars by Thea Guanzon. Is that how you said it, Christina? Guanzon? I, I think Guanzon or Guzan. I don't know. It's probably how it's yeah. pronounced. I, don't know. I know someone else who has that last name and pronounces it Guzan. But they might not. So I don't know who I pissed off at at HarperCollins, but they won't give me the fucking arc of this. <laughs> <laughs> Is it by association with someone? I don't know. We'll t- we'll take this episode and we'll send it to their PR team. Be like, what's up? Like, why aren't you approving everything from everyone in their sister account? Listen to how we talk about books. Okay, Truly. We don't explain anything except for the tropes involved. But that's and how you sell me on read stuff. Them. Yeah, that's how you sell me on stuff. So the Hurricane Wars. I bu- it was sold to me. Okay, I will say in in HarperCollins' defense, I only asked to be approved for this yesterday. <laughs> so moving on from that, so you haven't been declined either. I haven't been declined yet, but I would just might take it. a minute. But then HarperCollins also declines me all the time for other stuff, and I'm like, how do I get some books? And then you're de- denying me this. It's fine. It, we're working through it. We're making it's fine. So the Hurricane Wars, Ali Hayeswood was pumping it up on Instagram. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. And then it's enemies to lovers. I didn't read the description too hard, but then Christina goes and looks at it. And what did you discover? Yeah, so here's what happens. So Steph is talking about this book and she says some things about how like... Enemies to lovers, romance. Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to be honest, the things that interest me, not that I'm not interested in those things, but you were talking about this like Southeast Asian mm. inspired, kind of like magical, somewhat dystopian world. And I was like... Oh, like in between everything else Steph was saying, I was like, oh, you hit a couple of things I'm interested in. And then you said that last name. And I was like, oh, I think it might be like a Filipino author. So I actually just wanted to look up the author to learn a little bit more about this book because it sounded like it could be interesting. So I go to this author's website and they only have three tabs for their site. It's R 
bio and hype. And I was like, oh, I wonder what's under art. I thought it might be like the cover art for the book. And that is how I make much of my reading decisions, oh, is the cover art. So I click on art and it's kind of like perspective fan art of the characters. And I started screaming, losing my mind, because it's clearly traced images of Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. And when I say that, I mean, uh, we'll put the link in the description. Nat, if you go to our Slack and you click that link. Oh, I uh, saw. I saw. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. It's like, it's so funny because it's like the one on, there's three pictures on there. And one of them is clearly Kylo Ren and Rey, but you could maybe have some kind of plausible deniability that's like, white people all look the same. This could be anybody. But then the picture on the right is literally like a traced promo image of him. So I started screaming, losing my mind, because I was like, oh, no wonder Allie Hazelwood was talking about this book. And then there's a specific description of this book that's available under the hype tab. It's all the way at the bottom. It's more in-depth than the other ones. And you could, re- it's Star Wars. Like, it's so fucking funny because it's straight up Star Wars. Like, I don't want to, should I read it? Yeah, read it? you have to. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to share this. So in this debut, we meet Talazin, whose name you can replace with Rey, whose entire life has been influenced by the Hurricane Roars. She grew up an orphan in a nation under siege by the deadly Night Emperor, like someone else we might know. And it's among the opposition fighters that Talazan finds her found family, not by blood, but through friendship. You know, like opposition fighters. I'm sorry. Just say rebellion. (laughs) The the rebel fighters? Um, ooh, ooh, but except even to them, she's hiding a secret. Light magic courses through her veins. A blazing power believed to have been wiped out years ago that can cut through the night emperor's shadows. Do you mean the force? Is that what you're referring to? But meanwhile, the Emperor's only son, Alaric, a.k.a. Kylo Ren, is tasked with finding and eliminating any threats to his father's rule. When he discovers the greatest threat is within Talazin, he aims to kill her. But their powers clash in a peculiar and possibly faded way, altering both paths. Simply unputdownable. It's, listen, at the end of the day... 100% this is Star Wars. Yeah, it's, here's the thing, though. It... Get your money, babe. Like, do it. I'm going to read it. a great book. Yeah, I'm ready. I, I might end up, I might end up reading it now for the humor of it all. Of like, on the one hand, I was interested in the way, like, it had kind of described the, like, Southeast inspired, uh, Southeast Asian inspired world. I was like, oh, that sounds like it could be interesting. The audacity of including the fan art of basically Star Wars and then being like, that's, that's but, like, different. But, like, maybe we're thinking too smallly. Like, this is brilliant marketing. I know I'm getting a fan fiction and that's I know I'm going to get what true. I want. You know what? That's true. You're so right. maybe like, that's what I was saying earlier. It's so funny thinking of Shadowhunters and Cassandra Clare because everybody knew it was Harry Potter fan fiction, but Cassandra Clare, like there was a lot of like trying to distance themselves from that piece of it of like, yes, maybe that's how it started, but it's so dramatically different, blah, blah, blah. Like the only thing that is still remains of Harry Potter within Shadowhunters is like the fact that the main characters kind of look like Ginny and Draco the way that they're described. And that's pretty much it. And the incest. Ginny and Draco, my brain, I've just clicked into what that meant. I never, <laughs> I never realized that's what Shadow Hunters was about. 
don't this know whole time, why. This, this whole time, a Dramione fan fiction just for you. Didn't even know. Didn't even know what was but out then there. Why? Sorry to go off track, but well, then why were they pretending to be related? It's it's fine. We'll continue it's, on. There was. Yeah, there's a confusion about the dad and stuff like that. Okay, whose, okay. Whose dad mm, was actually... Yeah. But there is actual potential incest, incest assault. No, there is there's yeah. straight-up actual incest in the books themselves. Yeah. yeah. Because the character... It's a, it's a whole thing. I don't remember <laughs> it doesn't matter. enough about this anymore, <laughs> though. This isn't it's about Cassandra so Clare. <laughs> exactly. It's just so funny to look back at, like, fanfiction writers trying to distance themselves from their fanfiction to now where, like, the cover for The Love Hypothesis is Adam Driver fan 100%. art. 100%. And then this is just, like, openly on the website. And, like, I think something Steph found even said, like, inspired by Star Wars universe. So it's, like, it's no, there's no hiding it anymore. It's, like, no, no, no. I was a popular fan fiction author, author, and now you don't have to get those books printed yourself, babe. You can buy them from Barnes & Noble. <laughs> uh, listen, I think they're doing something right. They're giving the people I what they agree. want. I agree. This is, like, it's, like, almost, like, word of mouth marketing, but not really. It's, like, in, like, the fan fiction-y way, you know? They're, is, like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're, like, oh, did you hear about that, like, Raylo fan fiction? That's that why. It as a bu- like, I picked up the love hypothesis. Of course. <laughs> to be honest. But also, can I say, can it stop being for these fucking couples? Okay, where's the Merlin author? Arthur stuff because like that's public domain okay you wouldn't have to worry about anything you wouldn't even have to change fucking names that's true you wouldn't you make a <laughs> you make a point you make like but I but I will say I do think that we should all read this book and then we should do an episode on oh, it and for we sure. should try to reach out to this author 100% we should get this author on this podcast <laughs> I want to talk about this journey and also I will say too I'm glad it's not just like another white thing I, this is why I'm gonna read it yeah you know what get your money from this 1000% especially with how fucking racist the movies ended up being with the cast yes I want Asian people to get their money off of that universe so the reason that I was like oh it's Star Wars because she's Writing something for a Star Wars anthology to get our facts straight that comes out this year. Oh, okay, my bad. So I, I was like, it's all that. connected. I thought it was talking about this as well. Mm. <laughs> it's all connected. Beautiful. Those are yeah. That's unfortunately that book comes out in October, so I got a long time. Unless HarperCollins, listen to me, pray to the gods, accept me, let me read it. I'll apply for it too, and we'll see. It's if on Adel Adel what Adelweiss. Twenty minutes later. I'm trying to promote your book that, that you <sighs> listen. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, I was like, listen, read, read Yellow Phase. You talk about the underappreciated uh, publishing assistants. You know what I mean? I know. Of course, they're annoyed. But yeah. it's like we're on the same side here. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> they should. Avon, I'm looking at you. I'm your number one fan. Truly oh, your Ava- number one fan. Avon's run by like four people and they're so tired all the time. <laughs> Auto-approve me, okay? <laughs> I, I love them. They're lovely. I mean, it's, it, this is such a funny conversation to be having with, if this stays in the episode, me and someone else were absolutely fucking ripping on Nat not that long ago for reaching, for potentially reaching out to a stranger on LinkedIn to try to get auto approval for the one fucking publishing house they don't have auto approve on for ARCs when they have 40 ARCs they need to get through. Their holds and lows are maxed out on Libby. Listen, Tor, I need you to approve me for everything. Do you need the new V.E. Schwab? Is that what you're looking for? I will read it. <laughs> 
everything. I Steph, love tour. <laughs> every single tour book from tour, I will actually. There's a couple I won't, but most of them I will read. I have read some shitty ones from tour, and I still willingly read them. Okay, I read them all the way through. I left a fair fucking review. They should just auto approve me. <laughs> Speaking of tour as well, and just plan, you know what? Let's just only plan episodes for this podcast while we're actually recording the podcast. Because <laughs> That's how we get feedback on what really people want. Absolutely, because they, I don't know if it's out yet, but that romance fantasy imprint that they recently like oh, announced, yeah. I don't know if it's out. I would do a whole episode about that because like Tor has the like backing of like, I'm going to read those books when they hit. I'm trying to see if the book that I really liked last year that was so weird was from Tor. Hold on. <laughs> It's a good chance. Tor- no, it's from Orbit. Sucks. Well, Orbit's a good one, though. Orbit's yeah, like yeah. the yeah, other... Yeah, Orbit and Tor are my favorites. Orbit is... It's honestly... It's because Orbit is the publisher behind N.K. Jemisin. There's, like, one really good editor that I love all the stuff that she works on. It's it's crazy that you know the editor. <laughs> because I was... Again, I'm on Twitter for the randomness of reasons, and it's just to be like, so you edited this and this and this? Making okay. the connections. I will say Undertaking of um, whatever Heart that, and Mercy. Heart. I did like that one, actually. I was I was surprised. I was just, me as well. And I was like, oh my god, this is fun. <laughs> Not, okay, we're, get, we're, we're getting off track. We're getting so okay, off track. We're going back. Okay, who's next? Who's it's next? Time, it's time for school. We're 40 minutes. Okay, never before in the history <laughs> In the history of us recording, Has I- have we been half an hour in and Steph only just finished? Uh, truly, Steph usually finishes. Your section is like five, ten minutes max. A half an hour of Steph. I, I love. I think I'm this. really passionate today. <laughs> I have a lot to say. It's almost like it's because we were talking about romance and erotica books. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really came alive. You know, <laughs> I've been re-energized. Because I was Steph saying consistently, I was saying to Christina, I got approved for ten books on that galley. I, that's never happened to me before. <laughs> ten books? Can you believe it? And yet, and yet, Ali Carter book I got denied. Okay, <laughs> everything, everything I talked about, I have been denied for. <laughs> I will say that. That's crushing information. But uh, consistently, Steph just wishes we were the Faded Maids podcast. <laughs> I just want to be auto approved. I think. Everyone's life would be better. <laughs> Everyone's. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. I mean, Steph is, like, you know, if you're listening right now to us, Harper, Steph is an excellent hand seller. Just fa- absolutely it's fantastic. It's true. Anytime Steph suggests something, I do read it. <laughs> yeah. She never, she can never tell you what the book no, is about. No. But you have to trust but, me. But you're going to pick it up. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm not looking for the summary. Give me, give me the key points. I will say, Steph sometimes gives you the wrong key points. <laughs> <laughs> But they somehow. There's something. But there's something. You're reading a book, and I get this feeling. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And that's. I can't explain. I can't sell anything based on this feeling that I have. But guess what? I've got many people into the romance genre, and I think that's my claim to fame. Everyone at Kobo is reading romance because of me, and I stand by that statement. I knew. I knew that we were likely going to have an overlap in taste when uh, we were both working at Kobo together and we like barely knew each other and you were like have you read A Court of Roses and I was like I sure have stuff you were the one I that made me for Sarah J Mass something so basic no but she now was the one that made me read the second one because I was like oh I fucking hated A Court of Thrones and Roses and you're like no no you have to read the second one too it gets good and you are the reason why I 
finish that series. And I'll you know never what? forgive you both for that. Because I read the first book and I couldn't even make it through. At the time, we had nothing else. Our, we were like first discovering our like, you know, I feel like that was my first foray into like fantasy. No, actually, you know, I've read fantasy romance before, but it was different fantasy romance. This was like... It felt fresher than this the- was rom. Let's be real. This is romance fantasy. Yes, it's romance fantasy. <laughs> romantasy. Well, romantic-y. I also will say, as soon as I started Kobo, I had to. I went through my Goodreads because everyone was adding me on Goodreads. Something I never thought would happen in my life, and I had to t- and I <laughs> had to delete a bunch of books that I read because I was like, I don't know the vibes of these people. Like, are they going to make fun of me or something? And I've lost Little some did books, you know. and I've lost some books that I cannot remember the name of. And to this day, I'm like, what? Wh- who was it? Where was it? But I deleted it because I was like, I don't know if I can trust these hoes that I'm now working with. I don't know how judgy they are. But little... Little did you know how literal hose was that you could have just kept them all. <laughs> I I could like if I could go back, I'd be like, don't do it. These people are okay. They passed the check. But again, yes, I've been talking uh, now for forty three minutes. I, I was about to say to get us back on track, Nat. What are you looking forward to this summer? What are you recommending for this summer? Come on, okay. and make it as good as Steph's. So as you guys know, well, Steph and Christina know, I have been on a quest this year. <laughs> And this quest has been, I will say, Steph is 100% the cause of this quest. Um, Thank you so much. She first suggested Morning Glory Milking Farm. And, you know, I wasn't that into it. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I, I, I rated it very, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to give it another chance. Then beginning You didn't have an open mind. You weren't ready. I I I have to say, that feels like a... that feels like such a very different experience than when we talked about it afterwards. I know, because I, I I applied different wording to it before to make it seem like it was better than it was. It's fine. I acknowledge it's not a great book. But Disagree. then I was like, I was like, should I try this series again? Didn't go with the second book for some reason. I was no. like, skip over that. Let's go to the Mothman one. Let me tell you, it was a totally different experience. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I was into it. But after learning about how long the moth's tongue was and how she couldn't figure out what was licking her, I I lost my fucking mind. I was like, am I am I obsessed with monster erotica? Is this what this is? This is 100% what this is. So I was like, okay, I'm on a quest now. I got to find the best monster erotica. Wait, wait, you there. have to say the title of that one was Sweet Berries, which to me, does that make, does that, I haven't even read this one yet. Does that make sense now? It, it doesn't. Okay. I don't even know. What, this is why I keep forgetting the name because I was like, I don't know why it's called Sweet Berries. Okay. <laughs> I have no clue. It's I not think for us to know. Maybe there's an orchard in there somewhere. I can't remember. <laughs> But I feel like it fits with the idea that, like, Morning Glory Milking Farm is technically, like, it is really called Milking the Minotaur. And we yes. all know that. It's a just hundred- the author that oh, doesn't. Wait, did you guys know that that Morning Glory Milking Farm has come out, is coming out with the male point of view of that same story? Like, Twilight? Morning's uh, you, Midnight you Sun? It, and you know how I remember that you were the one that explained it? Because you went, she's midnight sunning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Morning Glory. Oh, yeah, that was this one. Anyway, I probably won't read that one. I went on a quest, a whole ass quest. I read through so many erotic, whatever. I got like a script subscription. Monster romance. Monster romance. There's so much monster romance on there. I did find a very good one, which is one of my picks. Um, if actually, I will say I read. So this author is Lillian Lark. I read one of her other ones, which is called like something dark, her dark person or whatever. That one is 
fucked up. Okay, that one I do not suggest to anyone. Do not read it. It is fucked in the head. It's the about a serial romance. killer romance, mm, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Oof. It's off. Like, halfway through, I was like, I can't, I can't read this. So then I just, like, threw it out and I wasn't going to, like, read any of her others because I was like, I can't. Like, the person that thought this up messed in the head. But then... <laughs> But then I read. Did you know you're the one that's messed in the head? It is me. I'm the one that's messed in the. What what is this called? Oh my god, I have to check. Hold on. Oh yeah, deceived by the gargoyles. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, you talked about this, y'all. Deceived by the gargoyles is so good. I'll give a little descriptor. Uh, it's about a curvy librarian who's also a witch, and she's looking to start a family. Um, and she okay. uses like their magic version of like a dating app, but it's not actually a dating app. It's a matchmaker essentially. And she's like, "I'm gonna meet somebody." She meets one gargoyle, and he doesn't really reveal he's a gargoyle. He's wearing like a disguise or whatever, but he's she knows he's magical in some way, and she's like waiting for him to be comfortable to tell. But then she finds out. He's not just a single gargoyle. He's got a whole clan and he doesn't just want to have a single romance with her. So this isn't just like a one-on-one couple romance. This is a polyamorous romance where he wants her to develop relationships with each of the gargoyles and also be part of their clan. It was so fucking good. (laughs) I... I think I honestly I was shocked. I was shocked because at first I was mad. I was like, he tricked her. He tricked her. But then they go through the process of an apology. They go through letting her make her own choices. They go through it was so good. A plus size um main character. Um she's a witch, love that. She's a librarian, love that. Um she's really into her job. She's a boss ass bitch. She has a terrible relationship with her family. And guess what? She doesn't apologize to them or make it up to them. She just decides to cut them off. Love it. Love it. And her gargoyle boys support her through it. (laughs) How many boys? How many gargoyles are we talking about? It's three. Three. Okay. There's three of them. Every hole was filled. (laughs) That's the rule. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Are they related? (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. So they're also found family. That's what you're saying. They're found family. Um, They developed their own relationship. They used to have another gargoyle person that used to, like, be, like, the glue of the family. But he died or he decided to, like pass off in his like stone form or whatever and become like a stone gargoyle or whatever and then they were like we're missing our one other dynamic and they're like she feels like the right fit she's gonna really be like the glue for this family but do they bone each other oh 100 percent, my friend okay. Okay. The, the first sex scene is um the one that she dates initially and the the the, the slutty one i call him the hoe the hoe one and them fucking in the shower and it is I have yet to read and it's a harem and they have, book. Oh, and and there's nodding. There's nodding involved. So this is like Omega Verse style, like not situation. Why would a gargoyle not though? Sorry, I have logic. I I would have the same question. Why is a moth's tongue that long? I mean, that's how long an actual moth's tongue is. Apparently, I love when they when they use science in there. I, <laughs> they use facts. I don't know. Gargoyles aren't real, so I think they that can do whatever they want with the dicks. <laughs> no, sir. Listen, I just, I'd like to, I, I like to understand the world when we're talking about something, okay? The world building is important, even in porn. But, okay, so anyway, the, it's so good, A, because it's a polyamorous romance. It's hard to get those. This is, like, very well done. The relationships she develops with each gargoyle are so different, and, like, she actually takes the time to do them. And, like, the last gargoyle, like, the lead gargoyle of the clan is the most reluctant, but he's 
extremely attracted to her, but it's like such a sweet really Anyway, it's fine. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> And so then I went on and read her other ones, like Entranced by the Basilisks, also good, not as good as the Gargoyle one, but also fairly good, uh, set in the same world. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to read more. I'm going to keep reading more of this like weird monster erotica. I mean, that that was like my main pick, but this did make me come across one that I have to talk about, even though it was not great. <laughs> it was just fucking wild, which I think I told you guys about last week or something. It's called Squeak. I do not think you no, talked. Yet. D- what? Was I here? Oh, I know. I know that they talked about it because I just remember the line. I can. I keep hearing the squeaking. Yeah, I think is what you said. So I should add. I also listen to these all as audiobooks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I. You and then you sent us the screen cap of the cover, right? Yeah. Which is like a balloon animal dog. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, what is this cover? This is strange. And it says squeak verse, and I was like, surely not. Surely not. And I was like, there's no fucking way. There is fucking way. These are balloon people that are th- like they have an Omega relationship situation, but they need a third for some reason. It's wild. Basically, like there's okay, this 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 book By is balloon only- people. Are they empty inside? What do you mean? <laughs> filled with, filled with air? Yeah. Here's here's what's crazy. Like they explain it because there's so much back for a one hour audiobook, this thing had so much backstory. There's like Basically, the world building is important it's, it's insane like there's like a witch that basically like created them essentially from their balloon animal forms but they're now people but they escaped her grasp or whatever because she's trying to force a connection with them that do is their called- dicks inflate like yeah so when you make when you <laughs> stephanie when you make the proper connection your dick turns into a balloon <laughs> And there's a balloon knot at the end. And if you're with the right person, if you mate with the right person and they do like the bitey thing, you can you can reshape the dick into whatever you want. Sorry. Okay. I have. Oh, my God. No, no, no. I have questions. What do you mean? It inflates. Your dick turns into balloon. Like you were a person, a human person. And then if you meet, have a mate that's a balloon person, your dick turns into a balloon. Or the existing balloon the person. The existing balloon person. What was their dick before? It was just a regular. It was there's a deflated before? balloon. No, it's just a regular dick normally. But then when you're mated to the right person, it turns into the balloon dick. Wait, so you're a human being with a human penis, but you mate. You're a balloon person on the inside. You mate with someone else, and then your dick becomes a balloon. Yeah. So like basically, when he came, she looked down, yeah! and it was a balloon, and he was like. Oh, that's not supposed to happen with you. I thought I was just fucking. And then it's like, oh, no, you're my mate or whatever. This is and crazy. It, it was like, absolutely. And the squeaking sounds like, okay, not even not even when they're fucking. They had the squeaking sense sometimes when they were walking. <laughs> but I don't understand. Why would you have a human dick if you I, squeak when you walk? I think it's like the, the illusion of the magic is like, I think there's magic that's making it look like it's something it's not, essentially. They're still but when they walk, but they, but you can tell they're balloon people because when they walk, they squeak. They squeak and then like, obviously when they're mated to somebody, they can see their actual dicks and so like, the person that does get mated to them in the end, in this, by the way, this is part of a series that's gonna be ongoing. Um, she like is able to reshape their dicks into obviously because they're balloon dicks, she can reshape them to what she wants, but she, before she fucks them. <laughs> and I was like, I did not love this. However, there was so much world building in this. <laughs> I, d- is the person that you were five seconds ago displaying this know that you don't love this? I, I, because here's the thing: I can admit that I'm extremely fascinated. <laughs> 
and that I will continue to read this because like what the fuck <laughs> I mean like there was just so much world building that I'm convinced that there's going to be something deeper going on like I kind of know now but you explain I, this and I'm like I'm on edge thinking that balloon dick's going to pop at any second you know what I mean uh, this this I, was I, my I, thought this was my thought the whole time and I was like it turns into a dick it turns into a balloon after is where I'm like I feel like that's so much more fragile or like it like reveals itself to be what it was the whole time I don't fully understand that part of the magic um there's like a lot of like weird restrictions on this magic where like they can only claim their freedom with like if they have some sort of there's like a cipher involved there's a lot of like weird arcane stuff involved in here that I didn't fully understand because I was like I, I don't have an insight into the author's mind, so I don't know where this is going fully. But, like, in the end, the cipher didn't matter because he made it to this woman. <laughs> so I was like, what? Also, I just think, uh, like, it occurs to me, too, when you were talking, that you were talking about, like, how they mate, but they mate with a bite. But, like, you're balloon people. That feels so dangerous. I don't know. I mean, he bit her, I think. Yes, he bit her or something. With his balloon cheese? With his balloon cheese, <laughs> like, squeeze. It was barely a bite. It just, like... Like an indent. Like, it just came off. I don't know. It was it was wild. Anyway, that was, like, my weird foray into, like, monster erotica. But that's not to take away from my rom-com pick, which is um, Payback's a Witch. I just read this. I'm very fresh off of reading this one. I very much loved it. And because I'm the type of bitch that's like Halloween all all year round, this is the perfect pick for this. If you're by the pool and you're like, I want to smell autumn, this is the book. (laughs) That's been on my list for a while. Yeah, it's very rare you're going to throw out you throw out a, a surprise pick like this that I've actually read. Oh, but wow. Like, I read oh. that book, I think, around the time when it came out. Yeah, so I, I know Kaylee had suggested this book a while ago, and I was like, oh, definitely we'll Kaylee's read Kaylee's a friend of ours. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was For like, all of our non-friend listeners. <laughs> which is no one. <laughs> Sometimes I look at the thing, and there's someone in the States listening to us. Hello. Some, some some Ray Nicholson titty fan is just Bless hanging you for on. Being here. We love <laughs> hanging on by a we thread. We love you. We do it for you. <laughs> um. Anyway, so Keely had suggested this book, and I had put it on the back burner for so long, and then for some reason, I was like, I should pick up that book. Like, I'm feeling autumn right now. This is what I want, and it truly exudes like a fall Halloween solstice feel. It's so good. Um, I think, like, I had read a review that described this much better than what they actually described it as, like, in the actual description, was John Tucker Must Die meets the Triwizard Tournament oh from Harry God. Potter. And I was like, 100% that is correct. <laughs> that is exactly what this is, and that's exactly what I wanted. I love payback, love revenge, love a good revenge story. Um, the Triwizardy part was like, you know, whatever. It was It was less part of the story as much as, like, I liked how the magic worked in the, in the universe. It wasn't like, I often find, I don't know about you guys, but like with some of like the romance with magic angles, the magic is sometimes like uh, a little iffy, a little too soft for me, you know? The world building is important. <laughs> yes, world building is important. And there's excellent world building in this. It's got a bit of like Halloween Town vibes, some practical magic vibes. The main character, and it's also, I should mention, it's a queer romance. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is I forgot when I went in and I was like oh is this the main is this her like little hottie that she's gonna be dating and absolutely a hundred percent um 
Talia was her her so the main character Emmy and then her main romantic partner person love interest is Talia who is one of the competitors in this Triwizard Tournament Abby is basically what I would call like a referee <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know what to what is she actually called I can't remember she's oh I mean I read this book like I said when it came out okay. it's been quite I'll get time. I'll give like a little descriptor of it but Emmy Harlow is a witch but she wasn't really a powerful one in high school she went through like a weird self-exile thing after she dated this really shitty guy named Gareth who is our John Tucker in this case and he basically was like oh I can't marry you or end up with you you're not powerful enough I need to be with somebody that's more powerful real talk he's fucking uh he's he, it's illegally blonde What's that guy's name? Oh, yeah. Yeah. B- B- not Blair. I don't know. I listen to that musical soundtrack all the time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Who cares about the guy? Warner. Sorry. <laughs> Mor- this doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, this does matter to me. 1000%. He's Warner. He's a Warner before. situation. Yeah. So basically, she's left. She's left her family. She, I think she visits once in a while, but it's not very often. And it's been like five years since the last time she visited. But her dad basically begged her to come back because... Her family serves as what they call arbiters for their magical tournament that they do. And um, in the tradition, whoever wins the tournament gets like, it's not a gauntlet, but it's something that like basically gives them more magical power for like the time that they hold it. Um, So she's like, okay, yeah, I'll definitely come back for it. Um, Even though she's like kind of reluctant to do it. But when she's there, she realizes she really does miss the town. There's parts of it like the way she talks about like the smell of the town is literally like Halloween smells. And I was like, oh, there was like a moment where I was like feeling nostalgic about it. And I was like, oh, I love it. I love it so much. So she basically does her duty there, meets Talia, meets her bestie, um, and it is a beautiful little revenge story about all three of these gals getting revenge on our version of John Tucker, aka Gareth, who is the absolute fucking worst. <laughs> um, and it's so cute. It uh, it like has a cute little ending. I think it might be part of a series, though. I think it is. I okay. I was just looking this up because I feel like I vaguely remember that ending and being like, "Oh, there's going to be a sequel." The sequel is called "From Bad to Curse." I don't think it's out yet, from what I saw. It says it's out, but I, it also doesn't look like it's following the same people. I think it's just set in the same universe. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's still part in Thistle Grove. It's just a different family, I guess. A different couple families. Yeah. But it is it is a very fun little like it's like kind of cozy, but a little bit a step above cozy yeah. in terms of like narrative complexity. Yeah. And like the story is so like it's just better. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just like there was there was more to it than I had expected. Um, even like the way they talk about power dynamics and and being able to kind of thwart tradition and that sort of thing i really loved that in this story um and even like the dynamics between family and stuff like that was quite cute so yeah highly recommend that as like a summer poolside read it's it might get you a little wet (laughs) but it's not it's not for like it's not fully explicit which is unfortunate i would have loved a very explicit version of sorry (laughs) is it like black closed door fade to black uh, I think they have. Oh, I was some... wondering what you were saying. I was so confused until Sorry, you said closed black, door. Closed door. <laughs> no, I think I think they kind of like. It's just tame. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's they just don't. Yeah, they, and they just like don't bone a ton in this book because yeah. they're like finding each other again, kind of thing. They, they bone, There's a lot of other stuff going yeah, on. They bone once, and I do think they describe some of it, but they don't fully go into detail. You know, huh. like it's like a little bit of eating out, I think, and that's do- basically do- doors cracked open. Doors cracked. Yeah, doors little cracked peak. open. Little peek. Um, you know, like it's kind of like I would say Emily Henry style, where it's like. It's there, but it feels more like safe for some reason. <laughs> still, still rom com. Yeah, I was gonna say you could read it in front of people, and it won't even be weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, mine not so much. <laughs> My- well, I, whatever one that you said that I preferential. Treatment. Yeah, there was one that you said. Yeah, that I immediately bookmarked and like realized. I think it's a Kindle Unlimited exclusive or whatever. Stephanie, I'm not Stephanie. Christina, what are your picks? Wow, what are you, my parents getting my name wrong? Jesus. Whoops. Um, well, I now immediately am like deeply disappointed I don't have anything crazy. <laughs> I'm not on a quest for monster fucking. My Venom fan fiction days are I'm not far behind me, but nothing that's resurged lately. So now I'm like, oh, the thing I have is, is nowhere near as deeply erotic as what's been said. Um, but it's just, I realized as we were picking stuff for this, it's just been a while. Like the last couple books I've read through, there hasn't been anything, but there was one book I wanted to talk about that it's not out yet. It's coming out, uh, August of this year. It is part of a series that I think I might've talked about on the show before called Holmes and Moriarty. And it's not Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty. It's written by Josh Lanyon, who is this female author that writes under this male pen name. Who oh, also love published. Josh Lanyon. I, do, I, I enjoy this series of Josh Lanyon. I've read some of her other things and I'm not as big of a fan. But I will say in terms of range, the woman is writing in a lots of different genres and a lot of different universes. Books are coming out left, right and fucking center. Um, and this particular series is the one of hers that I do enjoy and is the one that I normally talk about where it's two modern day crime novelists who are named, I can't even remember their first names. It's like James Moriarty and like I, David Holmes. Like I can't remember what his, this man's first name is. Um, and the main character uh, is Holmes and he writes essentially like cozy mysteries about like old women detectives and his partner who is Moriarty writes is like an ex cop. And so he writes um, like gritty kind of like Swedish crime thrillers. The first book in the series is them like getting together again after they used to be together in the past. And then they are like at a writer's retreat. And so there's, this is the fifth book in the series. I've read all previous four. I enjoy the other four. They are more romance, but it's not fade to black. It's like very explicit. There's multiple sex scenes. I think in each book, it might not in the first book, but certainly in the ones afterwards where there's together, there's like multiple sex scenes. Very good. I have been waiting for the 12.2% solution since before COVID, my friends. Okay? Don't get me started. I remember... Uh, listen, I read the fourth book and I was like, okay, when is the fifth book coming out? What's the next one? At that time, I was at the height of enjoying the series. I'm a completely different person now. I don't know that I could even go back and read the other four and still enjoy them. But God fucking damn it. I pre-ordered this fucking book. Okay. Four <laughs> years ago, pre-ordered this book. And every so often I go, 
wasn't that supposed to come out? And then I go to the website and I look and the release date has been pushed back again and again. And there's always something on her website of like, I'm writing 20 books right now and this one keeps getting pushed back. And I'm sitting there being like, I already gave you $12.99. Where is this book? And so it's finally slated to come out the end. It does not come out of August of this year. I'll rage for you. My absolute shit. Because I would just, and like, I don't know if this is the last one in the series. I almost feel like it must be. Because I'm kind of like, are you bored of the, like, are you done writing in this universe? Is that why it's taking so long? Like, can you end it so that I can move on with my life? But instead, I'm sitting here and I'm attached to this series. And there's a part of me that, like, does recommend reading them. Because it's been four years since I read them the last time. So I don't even really know how good they are. But I know I really enjoyed them at that time of my life. And would highly recommend going into them again, assuming this last fucking one. 12.2% solution, man. It's just, it's been forever. I've been waiting for it. Um, And I want these two to fuck. I got really, honestly, very heavily invested in their relationship. And I just want these two crazy kids to to make it. They got married in the last book and I was really happy for they them. They got married honestly, and they haven't sure they fucked? Get there. Oh no, they fuck all the time. Oh, as okay. I said, there's lots of fucking in this book. Oh, okay. You just want that them to fuck again. Also <laughs> reminds me of, a, of the series I've been waiting for since 2012. 2012. My God. I check too often to be like, when is this fucking book coming out? That's over a decade. Is this George R.R. Martin? It's Stacia Kane, Downside Ghosts. I've talked about how I love this couple so much. Oh, yeah, you have. Chess and Terrible. I. Give me a crumb. Give me something. I've been waiting. And she, the author's still like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming. Don't, couldn't tell you when, though, but it's coming. I'm oh. writing it. Just. I mean, like, at the end of the day, people got to write what they got to write. But at the same time, stop. Don't put your book up for pre-order if it's not going to come out, okay? Don't, like, I don't tell me you're writing it. Admittedly, yeah. I will tell you, though, if this book hadn't been available for pre-order and I hadn't pre-ordered it in anticipation of getting it, I would probably have forgotten about the series entirely. <laughs> it would have been left in my mind. But every so often, I think about the $13 that I spent so long ago. Just waiting for it to come out. And I guess I technically didn't even spend it. I just promised to pay it when the book actually does come out. That's true. Give that money's going to come out of your account book. eventually. It said someday. The credit card information is probably outdated at this point. You know when you're like, I'm not the same person? Same. I, that Those books I started when I was starting going crazy reading this is how i feel about like a lot of like the fantasy books like obviously george r R. martin but like the name of the wind one now like i i mean there's a lot of drama going on with that one but i go back and like those books aren't as good as i thought they were your 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 mind is different like this is the risk you're taking when you take all this time to tell your fucking story like you know at the end of the day you're writing a story you're not necessarily marketing something but it's like your audience man like you, there's only so many years okay here's here's the here's the the question do you put out something that's not as good as you want it to be but it's at the right time or do you wait five years ten years when people don't give a shit anymore but it's really good People will turn their back on you so fast. You gotta real even if it's shit, just put it out. I mean, like at this point, like yeah. even like so, like I don't know if you guys know about this whole drama with Patrick Rothfuss, because even his editor was like, "This man hasn't written a fucking word," <laughs> and it's 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 fucking wild because he's written other things and like contributed to other things, and he just refuses to do this one. But like it literally, I don't even know. I feel like his publishers want to break his contract. Like I'm like, this is so risky for him to be doing. That's probably what he's this trying to do. This is one of those situations where, like, 
I wish though if the world wasn't as shit as it was and people had like a guaranteed basic income yeah. and authors didn't have to rely so heavily on like advances and shit like that. If we lived in that world, don't publish a book series until it's finished. Yeah. And then if you really, if it's supposed to be a series, release them one year after the other. Why am I, why are we waiting so many fucking years? I mean, obviously like the Josh Lanyon one is a bit different. It's like a self-published book. This, like this author is churning out seven, eight books a fucking year outside of this universe. So it's a little bit different than some of the other fantasy ones where they're, either just not writing anything or they're just like clearly i don't want to finish this but it's just one of those things where it's like can you just have it done because i don't want to be invested in this this is why i don't like picking up things that aren't finished or when i pick up something that's a standalone and then they announce later oh there's going to be a sequel no (laughs) i you made a promise (laughs) i picked this up thinking i was going to read it and be done with my life but that doesn't matter that's my like closest to erotica book otherwise i'll be real it's all fan fiction we don't need to dive into that we did an episode on it check but out i've discussed that there's a couple of check out the yeah. episode before this <laughs> I, please do there's a couple of very 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 long fan fictions that we don't need to learn more about that i have been reading uh, none of them are squeaking bubble people though I, that's a new one the monster fucking doesn't phase me because again venom but bubble people, that brand new, that brand me. new. Balloon people, yeah. not even bubbles. Sorry, not about bubble, balloon people. I Even more fragile, bubble people, oh my God. But I'm like, I, I, I don't, I have a lot of questions, but it's almost like, I'm trying to suspend my, you know, not even like disbelief, just like my like judgment or whatever. I mean, here's the thing. I'm reading monster fucking, I don't care. I'm going to read this too. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Get wilder and wilder. And you know what? I'm trying to go wilder and wilder. I think the biggest thing for me is that, like, this is where I read when it comes to fan fiction. Because it's like, the discoverability element is there. The tag searching is easier. I don't want to pay, even if it's just, like, $3 for a book, and then I have no idea the quality it's going to be with some crazy shit. So all my crazy shit comes from fan fiction. And I don't really talk about the fan fictions I read that much, except for in a previous episode. But I will talk about, like, the one, like, I was going to say real book, because the Josh Daniel ones aren't real. They're imaginative. But the book I was going to talk about is, like, a, I think this is a very good, like, summer read, is Bandit Queens um, by Perini Shroff. Um, yeah, Nat is the one that recommended this book a while ago. It came out for sure last year, if not the year before that. And it's just so fucking good. It's set in like a small Indian village. And the main character is presumed to be a widow because her husband's been missing and everyone in the village thinks that she murdered him. And like, it's really the story about her and all these other women in the village coming together to attempt to murder all of their husbands because they're annoyed with all of them. Like other shit's going on. That's a very like high level description of it, but it's fantastic. It is. So but then funny. she's just sitting there being like, now she's like the arbiter on murder because her husband's yeah. missing. It's, it's honestly one of the funniest books I've read in the last couple of years. Like there are very few books that I was like, it was as good as that. I, want someone to make this a movie so bad it's because like i it think it's supposed to be a movie like one thousand percent it feels yeah. like a script the dialogue you can hear it in your brain 
the characters are just like so distinctively funny in their own ways like the main character is kind of a bit of an idiot despite being this like arbiter of death or whatever it's so funny because she's like so over her head the whole time her ex-bestie now enemy slash frenemy is the funniest fucking person the best person there the smartest person there (laughs) she's so funny then there's like the one that is like dangerous but like pretends to be cute (laughs) oh my god this one bitch who is like the like the villain of the piece is men largely but this one person in particular yeah she just pretends to be like a airheaded kind of like idiot oh my god and it's so impressive to make a character that is like so horrible but i fucking loved her the whole time and like it's just like so comical like the i feel like it it gives me the vibes of like um what is it called is it what's that movie called for deaths at a funeral or whatever death something death whatever for deaths in a wedding yeah that one the the british or four funerals in a wedding four funerals in a wedding whatever the you know like that british like dark comedy situation but like apply apply that to this like indian setting and book i was like that is like that's the execution i want to see like it's just so well done and i will say too one of the subplots is like a little romance between her and this like other guy in the village who i think his wife <laughs> Steph, passed away Steph or immediately divorced, is like remember. interesting her well thought, no i was into it before a, now i'm like okay <laughs> oh their little romance is like it's so cute because he's just like so respectful of her but he's like a really funny guy and like I, there's something about the way that they talk to each other that he it's has just, like, kids or a kid i can't remember two kids kids i think it's multiple kids i think it's multiple kids um i can't remember if his wife died or they like i think i think she died died yeah um so he but so he's an actual widower but like everything about it highly highly recommend very funny there's a couple of scenes again like in terms of it feeling like a movie they feel ripped straight from some kind of like absurd comedy where like everyone is trapped in a room and everything that can go wrong is going wrong wrong. and in the most comical ways it's it's so it's so fantastic i remember i mean i read this very shortly after Nat recommended it and the whole time i was like now this is such a good book what a good reco like loved it loved it and i think the only thing that could improve this book is reading it floating on top of water. Yes. That is the perfect environment to read this book in. Imagine so you're laughing you so hard doing you that. topple over into the water. <laughs> Refreshing. Good. That's what this book deserves. Yeah. That's what this book deserves. It deserves that kind of like physical comedy to happen for it. Whereas 12.2% solution just needs to come out. Wow. Just needs to fucking come out. And Holy Ghosts, number six. I'm waiting. <laughs> desperately (laughs) desperately over 10 years i don't think there's anything i've been waiting that long for because i would give up yeah i've given up on basically anything that i've been waiting on some of the author keeps saying it's coming it's coming i'm writing it you can't trust this shit you just gotta move on and if they come out with it then it's like a nice surprise later but it's crazy to me because they wrote five books in like maybe three years they had one year they released three books and you're telling me you can't give me one more That's what I'm like. You're just done writing this. Wrap it up. Say it's over. This is not. This is not what we're talking about. I'm a huge N.K. Jemisin fan. Um, I really like her um, World Cities series. I can't remember what the actual name is, but it's the the world, the city we became, and then the world we make. 
And I'm pretty sure, I believe, as you were talking about, this was initially supposed to be a trilogy that because of COVID and like Donald Trump's presidency and the real world looking a little bit too similar to the world that N.K. Jemison made up, she literally was like, I had to stop fucking writing this book. I'm sorry, guys. Like, it's not it. I'm not here for it. I have to say, <laughs> I do like that she did end it at book two. Um, because yeah. like, it, it, it was still very good. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. I would have loved, I still think that this book or this series would be so good as like a mini series focused on different cities in the world. But 100%, she went out there and she was like, guess what? I wasn't interested in continuing running this. So I finished it. It's out here. That's what happens. And it's like, that's how you do that's it. You Just do know. It. Yeah. Know that you're over it. Yeah. Don't make me wait for years. Don't make me pre-order a book that's never going to come the out. The timing was correct. The, the ending matched what like made sense in terms of like our world situation. I think it had it gone any other way. I think I would have been like, okay, questioning things a little bit because like things are already bleak. Okay. I can only take so much. Yeah. It had to, it had to be as hopeful as possible. Cause it's just like, what are you going to do again? It was a little too realistic. Yeah. By accident. By fully. But I mean, like it's like that whole Simpsons situation, right? Like, sometimes it's just so easy to see how the world is kind of going because we repeat things constantly over history although a little bit with the simpsons it's just you throw enough at the wall that's true you know what i mean you 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 write over a thousand episodes of a television show and you kind of mine it from somewhere well i mean that's our summer guys books that are never gonna come out Unless I get approved. Uh, balloon people. Balloon people fucking. Star Wars fan fiction that's been published. And just a couple of rom-coms thrown in there just to just to lighten the mood a little bit. What more could you need for your have summer? A, have a very complicated, wet, hot, erotic summer. Absolutely. I want you to try new things. Que- read new things. Question things, about, question things about yourself. If you've yeah. never read fan fiction, the kind of shit that Nat's talking about... I mean, it's going to blow your mind. You're never going to be the same again. Here's the thing. You're going to end up on a quest much like me, and you're going to be like, I, you're going to read something like quest. Live, Love, Lich or whatever. <laughs> and then what? You, you say quest, but like, what's at the end? What's the Holy Grail? What's the... I'm like, looking for the best possible... But I mean, I think I've found some of it, but like, I don't know. I think I'm trying to find like... What what really what really gets me going? And guess what? It's not a lot of it. But <laughs> am I fascinated? A hundred percent. Sometimes it's just watching something happen, going, "Wow, I can't look away." <laughs> gotta gotta listen to that squeak. Uh, one thing you gotta say for monster fucking, it, it, the ingenuity oh, in the yeah. fucking is people are very creative. People are, are working around very elaborate genitals. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I gotta say, some of these women can fit a lot. <laughs> but I, they truly use a lot of, like, magic lube, by the way. Magic lube is so common throughout so many different series. <laughs> Didn't I remember I was telling you another uh, Morning Glory Moving from Arthur, author, sorry, did a book about a spider that his venom helps her take. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I didn't want to read that. I one remember you talking like, about that because you were, because that's the one where his dick is barbed. Uh, or is it that it's like huge? I think it's just big. But also they use he uses his web to tie her up. 
to take the venom than to take his dick. We're going way off track here. This is just it's uh, this whole we were, episode we were wrapping is just it up. We, I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologies. We were wrapping up and then we ended up ramping up. We got a lot to say. That's that's the summer of 2023, friends. We hope you have a great one. We'll be back next week. Typically around this time, we go on some kind of hiatus, but I don't think it would be fair for us to do that this year, given I the mean... fact that we have nothing else to do and also that we didn't record an episode for every year, although we never went away, so that didn't happen. Um, but we'll be back next week with an episode that we don't know what it is yet, uh, and we can't wait for you guys to listen to us. If you have things that you're looking forward to this summer, if you've personally experienced any kind of monster fucking that you'd like to share with wow. us, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram at EatsCast. Uh, if it's a really personal story, you can email us at ev- everyone and their sister at gmail.com. Uh, if you know us personally, you can reach out to us by text message or by the Slack that every person that listens to this podcast is in uh, and tell us about the things that are getting you wet this summer. <laughs> Use that exact wording. Thank you. <laughs> yes, please. That's the only thing I want to hear. I remember when we came up with this joke, there was a moment of like, but maybe it's like get you wet in different ways too. Like maybe it'll make you cry. No. Yeah, no. That didn't turn out no, to be. we didn't land that. There. We got really far deeper into erotica than I expected. But <laughs> I will say, I, it's where we I didn't think I'd be talking about those books today, but here we are. You know? Here we are. And, and we got more out of Steph than we ever did in the past and we ever will again until we talk about this in the future we love it (laughs) wet hot erotic summer part three 2024 thanks so much for listening bye Bye. Bye. you're truly something special something my dreams are really made of let's stay Uh, sorry, I can't help it. I can't help it if I'm the Juju B and the Lou Wilson of this podcast, okay? okay? I'm okay, out here okay. asking what people need to know, okay? <laughs> I am making sure that people are getting what they want. And maybe that's, maybe that's my future. Maybe I should just interview people about erotica books and nothing else. This podcast should just be Faded Mates. Why do we do anything else? Like what you done to me. I can't really explain it. I am so into you. Really like, I really like. Me. Oh, I can't really explain it. I- We don't need to admit to any more crimes than we already have. Whatever, this is a criminal podcast.